0: It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the Word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the Word. a disposition of nations, and I wanted to open your eyes on something then. For those of you who are here, you remember where we're coming from. And I want to lodge it to a deeper thing. Um, For those of you who remember where we started from, we said that the things that distinctively define a nation are the institution in the nations. The institutions in those nations. Those different parts that create and give the play, whichever way they do, on their different... um, to make sure that we create order in a nation so all of the institutions say education military finance the arts religion business all of these kinds of things they all are in one way contributive to one factor that's what makes us a people Hallelujah! hallelujah praise the lord And I told people that Moses handled the matter of raising more than three million people into a nation of Israel of which people had spent hundreds of years in slavery. And they didn't know the first place of living in a nation. Praise the Lord. But at the end of the day, when Moses established what he called a nation, according to the Levitical, the Exodus, Deuteronomical, anything that Moses had as part and parcel of his portion to build the nation was only what Moses could do. But now I needed to open your eyes to something. There's a reason why Jesus came. You understand where I'm coming from? I've, I've read a lot of books, a number of writers talking about how to manage, how to grow nations, how to disciple nations, and many people pick from Moses. But unfortunately, some people don't pick from the one who came to fulfill the law. You understand where I'm coming from? So the mindset of such people, Moses did a wonderful re- uh, role. He did a wonderful thing. But there are things, even up to date, some of you will agree with me, that there are things that are not applicable now. But are in the Leviticus. You understand? There was something that considered a woman unclean because she was in her period. And the Bible says if you touch her, you will stay also unclean. So, whether you know it or you don't know, the moment you touch the sister, da, uh, uncleanliness. You understand? Praise the Lord. Now, that could be part of the order that he needs to raise a nation. But that does not work in the order of the kingdom. For in Christ there is neither Jew, nor Gentile, neither slave, nor free, neither male, nor female. For all are one in Christ. So at the end of the day, you realize that there are things that from the mosaic have been carried and are still being used to build nations, institutions, and ministry in this dispensation. And that is why the ministries fail. Hallelujah. That is why institutions fail. That is why people are failing. Hallelujah. So I'm going to go a bit deep. In Matthew, Jesus said something that I want to pick from and then... I'll swim from there. Matthew 28 verse 19. It says, go ye therefore, uh one, two, three, let's go. Go ye therefore, uh huh, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. He didn't tell you go and teach a fellowship in La Bonita. Praise the Lord. He said, go ye therefore and what? Teach Teach what? Baptizing them in the name of a Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Next verse. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And he says, for lo, I am with you all way unto the end. Amen. He said, I'm with you until the end. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So that means that the Christian has a mandate to teach nations. We teach nations. We're nation teachers. come here me? So if you're still believing God for like a small fellowship around Kampala Road, you 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 don't understand where I'm coming from. You're not even fit to be here. Go out. I'm joking. <laughs> God, listen, God has given us the anointing to what? To teach all nations. That's success. And he says observing to teach them the things that I have what? Commanded you. They are those things that Christ commanded the church. They are not in the order and legal line of the mosaic, but they are commandment by the spirit of Christ. Hallelujah. And he says, when you teach those things, he says, for you go for law, I am with you even unto the end. So now, let me go deep. I told people, I, I tried so, so long to understand why the church in Uganda was the way it was. Because let me give you a few facts. Everyone knows here that they say 80% of Uganda is Christianized. You know what that means to the people outside? When people come from different nations and they come and hear, 80% of Uganda is Christianized. You know what that means? It means everywhere Jesus is there. Crosses, what? Taxis, bank, everywhere. You understand? Because they're saying 80% of us are Christians. Or perhaps maybe they meant to mean we have Christian names. Robert Kilo Jazi, Rita Lona Olo. You understand? So, because they say 80% is that, at the end of the day, many of us tend to have a certain thought that, eh, hey, Uganda must be very spiritual. They must be very deep guise, you know, no corruption, no embezzlement of fancy, no poverty, no diseases. Why? Because righteousness exalts the nation. Because God is in our nation, there is something that must show forth. You see what I'm trying to tell you? But I started to realize that that was not so for our nation, even though we proclaimed or claimed to be a Christian nation. You go to a Muslim nation where you find guys who don't even know God, but you look at the way they live, the way they die, the way they marry. You understand? And my funny brother wants to still say, Mika Stam going to heaven. No, no. Listen, don't go to heaven broke. Don't go to heaven seek. Listen, there's another way to tell your neighbor there's another way to go to heaven. <laughs> you understand what I'm trying to tell you? So you, you, you go to those nations, and then you see how they live, their the, 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 the education systems, the fatigue fat mortality rates, their um, uh, edu- education system, their hospital uh, arrangements, everything. You look at them. Do you know how much some people even pay to live in a very nice housing in a place like Canada or or where? You see, they live well. You understand? Now, for us, we are saying, ah, those ones, for them, they might live well. For them, let them live well. For us, we are what? As long as we are going to heaven. But when you get now to our Christians, you realize that not many are actually going to heaven. Or not many even have an understanding of salvation. So they are both poor and unspiritual. They are beggarly and unspiritual. They are sick and unspiritual. You understand? So the life of nominal Christianity, the place where Christianity seems like a dead agenda, where someone just comes and says, well, let me just go to church. Then someone comes back. You understand? And then we raise a certain place where we explain the weaknesses and limitations of why God is not moving in the church, but yet not giving the answers and an and explanation for the man to know how to move God or submit to his move. You understand? So at the end of the day, you look at church and then you just see a, a bunch of excuses around Christianity. You understand, what I'm trying to tell you? Why aren't you married? My grandmother, she bewitched to me. Why aren't you married? She bewitched me. My cousin, my uncle, your name is her. You understand? So the Christian lives on. Listen, let me tell you this. Nobody is responsible For your success. Nobody. And let me repeat this also. On the other side. Nobody can fail you. I said nobody can fail you. Why? Because you know whose you are. You know who you belong to. Listen. If somebody even thinks to say they are going to fire you. That is the day you even clap your hands going out. Why? Because there is something the Lord, listen, he says he has promised to do me good all my days. Do you know what that means? He has promised to do me good. God is too promising and purposed to do me good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so I went through the history of our nation And for me I started from The church missionary society You Remember those things Who remembers the church missionary society My primary teachers are checking my history <laughs> CMS eh? And the bringing of the Roman Catholics The coming of Roman Catholics The coming of Roman The, Roman, the Protestant church Way 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 far and then you look at a place where they begin missions and start to establish things that should provide for society. You understand hospitals, schools, you look for Pentecostal schools and see. Pentecostal hospitals. For us, what are we doing? Shara ba ba ba. Shara ba 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 You get what I'm trying to tell you? Hallelujah. Amen. So I went through the experiences of the first line when these guys come and then they start to establish mission st- uh, stations and different institutions and the hospitals then in uh, Gahini where the gentleman Pilkington was, eh? G.L. Pilkington. And um, later on then when Edward George Hatt comes in, To continue a work of an unfinished hospital, he carries a burden of the gospel to the people of East Africa. Now, if you read church history, you realize that the one thing that disturbed this guy to the core of seeking God for revival was a place where Christianity had lost meaning. It was there, but it was meaningless. Do you understand? Because it's patterned after the spirit of the world. And because it's patterned after the spirit of the world, men are blinded from the true liberty which is after Christ. And when men are blinded from the true liberty which is after Christ, they start to seek for things which are not liberty, but to them is liberty. They start to seek for things which to them is freedom, but is not freedom. So answers become relative. Because what you call answer is not what I call answer. And what you call salvation is not what I call salvation. You live in a place where salvation also becomes relative. The beauty was that dear, um, Joe, uh, uh, Joe Church formed uh, an institution that was established on actually a right base of Christianity. Because G. L. Pilkington submitted entirely on the writings and doctrine of D.L. Moody, which were one of the most influential Protestants of their own time. Today you enter what you call a Protestant church and there is nothing protesting about it. (laughs) You go back to the 16th century, understand John Calvin, understand the spirit, which was on on, on Martin Luther and, um, uh, no, before you even go to John Wesley, John Knox, those guys, eh, the Spurgeons, go understand what the Protestant reformation spirit was and then come to the Protestant church today and then compare, you'll weep. For those of you who don't understand the concept, these men were protesting directly with the Roman Catholic Church. You understand? And the reason as to why they were protesting with the Roman Catholic Church was, they realized that there were many things that were not agreeable by scripture, but the Roman Catholic Church had invented culture according to their thought as the Romans and embedded it in as doctrinal truth. You get where I'm coming from? So, when the, 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 the Martin Luther's coming, if some of you have heard of something called the 95-page uh, thesis, the one that he puts to the Wittenberg Church, and then he starts to debate the doctrines and the way they were thinking, oh, probably I'll give you a few of those ideas. One, the reason why the Protestants were protesting against the Roman Catholic, try to understand me, I'm not trying to, to bring revival of religion. I'm trying to open your eyes to something very important. In a few minutes, you'll understand The reason as to why the Protestants then, I'm sorry, I want to use the story of my country because by the time I get out, you'll you'll have understood. eh? So the reason as to why, for example, the Roman Catholic, I mean the Protestants were protesting against the Roman Catholic. One of the points I know very well, and all of you know, or some of you should know. um, Protestants always claim the part of the Bible is the sole standard of life to determine anything that is true or not true, evil, or bad. And therefore, the scriptures were the primary standard of judgment. Roman Catholic Church had things that were not scripturally basis, but were practiced. For example, the worship of the saints. It's nowhere in the scriptures. The venerations of Mary. It's not in the scriptures. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Nobody gets to the Father except by me. So where does a man come from and say, Hail Mary, Mother of God, pray for us. She's the intercessor. She's not supposed to be your intercessor, but she's Jesus' mama. Yes, she's Jesus' mama, but Jesus said, nobody gets to the Father except by me. You see how clear those things are? (laughs) Then there are definitions of the life after death. Some of you have heard of the doctrines of (laughs) penance and purgatory. You understand? And then the definitions of justification. The Protestant church debated so badly with the Roman Catholic church pertaining the issue of how a man is justified and how a man is saved and how a man stays saved. Those three things. You understand? So, the reformist story said a man is saved by grace and grace alone, not of works, which is in the scriptures. So, they say that a man is justified, not only but also justified also by faith. And therefore, you cannot be justified by works. Roman Catholic Church was speaking of experiences where men were justified by Works. So, you can be saved, but you have to maintain a certain line of, of understanding for you to maintain a relationship with God, which is past faith, which is works. You get it? So, you realize that these men debated so much against the Roman Catholic Church. Men are justified by grace and faith through Christ. Justification is a finished work of Christ. They debated a lot on the doctrine of righteousness as of imputed a gift, not works that a man, any man should boast. Hallelujah. And they were very clear. Then they also debated on the most sensitive issue, the Pope, being the vicar of Christ. They represent and last statement, if he speaks, Christ has spoken. You know those things? So if you're Roman Catholic, please don't get me wrong. I'm trying to, to open something up here. Hallelujah. But today you enter Protestant church and you say you're justified by faith and you become cult. Am I lying? Uh Let's even go deeper. Today you enter Pentecostal faith. And you tell them that you're justified by grace through faith. And you realize that the Anglicans are more fairer. The Protestants are more fairer than these Pentecostals. For they go out to search out the scriptures to know whether they are so. But my Pentecostal brothers, they are even worse. Do you know there is no more religion in Pentecostal movement? Than even many of these other movements you think because you ought to have known better what was the point that created the reformation period it was a point where the doctrine was comf- compromised the word was compromised but you see when you look behind this whole mind there is a spirit because if you go back to our church history uganda you realize those things were there you see when the move started and edward church started edward was entirely a spiritual guy in fact edward joe church before the movement made one statement he said that if we can present the victorious church nominal christianity will die in the land why because the church then was not victorious it was a surviving ministry that's why some people said if survivor me i'm not a survivor <laughs> You, see, you know, survivors are people who strive to exist. I don't strive to exist. I don't strive. You understand? So let the world survive. Surviving means that you're trying. Something's against. They are about to kill you, but you're trying to survive through. Me, I don't survive through. He says, I'm come that you may have life, Jose Patala, and life to the fullness. Joy unspeakable, full of glory. That is not a survivor. So Edward Church began his move. Then there was bust a group of guys called Abaka. (laughs) The burning ones. Because they were filled with the flames of the Holy Spirit. So, of course, when he's with these boys, the Simeon, Svambis, the, you see, the and all these guys there around Gahini, they begin with just one move, burning. Because of the gospel, the flames of the gospel on their lives. Then a certain car group came out from a certain affiliation of guys they call the Orthodox the Oxford group. Those guys brought this whole idea of confession, of sin, and reporting sin openly. You remember those guys? <laughs> uh, so ah, I'm not going to say anything. So you stand here and say, Wanna Come here, Bali to now, there was a guy they used to, in 1930, I think should have been uh, 39. There was a guy, a story of a gentleman they called Ezra Kayongu. <laughs> you know, like Ezra is sitting there, and then someone comes on the pulpit and says, But now, Ezra, to <laughs> Ezra, you see, eh? So now you see why they still call people in front of some of your churches to confess sins? You, you, you've seen those things? They come from those ends. Back in the day they are, yeah. the Oxford brothers. And you know, there some guys also came in called the church men. And the biggest threat to the revival came when revival comes in and a man has not been dealt with, many a time he will seek a place of control Because the opportunity given to him Many a time Raises up the carnal part of him And that's the true birth of Something you call Legalism Legalism is the spirit of putting A few laws and principles down Which are not necessarily scriptural Or in line with the wantings of the spirit Because a man needs to control What he realizes that the spirit started And he cannot have control over anymore Do you understand where I'm coming from? The biggest problem with the Christian faith is the point when the Christian became predictable. When the Christians were not predictable, there was no problem. But when the Christians started to be predictable, that was the biggest problem to the church, but the biggest success to any man who wanted to maintain a legal line and control over the church. And that was the weakness of our brothers like the Constantines. Can I continue? The marriage that they brought the church in with government, or the institutions then, was not a marriage that was seeking to establish the church in a place where they ought to control. But it was a place where the church ought to work with the institutions that sometimes would not have agreed with the convictions of the gospel. You see what I'm trying to tell you? And that is the instance of... This whole thing some of us only call ecclesia. What you call ecclesia? The gathering together of brethren because they have one common goal. That word existed way before church came. The true distinctions of church are kuriakos, the Greek word, them that belong to God. It's more than us just coming together. It's us coming with a belonging, with a certain nature and identity. Something that must not make us predictable at any point. But look at our Christians. They graduate at 22. You expect them to have a job of 1 million. Then they work for 5, 4, 5, 4, 2, 3 years. And then they are promoted to the next level where they earn 1.5. The government has even drawn the salary scale. They call it, oh my God, I rebuke salary scale out of your life. So you can look at an average Christian and predict where they are going. Their marriages are predictable. Their businesses are predictable. Their lives are predictable. Everything about them is predictable. Even their bodies. You look at a Christian and know, and you, you, you follow it for two years and they leave salvation. Why? Because the church is predictable. When the church stops being predictable, it becomes dangerous. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to tell you. Tomorrow, a man says, by all the stocks and exchange lines that have been coming up, it's predicted tomorrow that the dollar is going to go up by these shillings and by these margins. And so we expect that many forex bureaus and many people who are in foreign exchange, sporting and money forward, which is it's going to have trouble tomorrow. And then a man of God just stands in front and says, Somebody say the dollar is coming up, but in the name of Jesus, the dollar tomorrow is going to be two cents lower. And then everybody goes to bed waiting for one thing—the dollar to go down—and then it goes down. (laughs) Do you know who will start looking for you? Do you know who? Do you see how? How? Do you see how the church is? That means men will. Why? Because every dealer in town will want to know how (laughs) you trade. How you trade. Do you know why many Christians' money were eaten in Nismania for extrading? They are predictable. I know why some of you are not saying amen. Babaria. But if a man invented that mind to rob the world, the moment a Christian bought shares there, that was the day the man would fail. Why? Because we are not predictable. We are not supposed to be predictable. The Bible says that the servants of God are like a wind. You know it not where it cometh or where it bloweth, but you feel it. They don't know where you get your money or where it's going, but They, st- they don't know how you, how you, how you build, but, but they, they feel that the building is there. They don't know how the ministry grows, but they see that it grows. You ought to be unpredictable. Because the God you're dealing with has the agenda of wanting to make it so unpredictable that if there are any means that need to predict, he would rather cut down any resources of prediction to make it unpredictable. He gets to Gideon and tells Gideon, Gideon, I'm going to give you victory, Judges 7. And when he says, I'm going to give you victory, Gideon gets 30,000 men. And then in verse 2, Judges 7. Let me show you what, what God said. And the Lord said unto Gideon, the people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites. Oh God, did you see? He said, the people the people that you have, they are too many for me to give victory. Why? This Israel found themselves against me saying, my own hand has said, you see? The, the money you have is too... You see? Do you see how God works? <laughs> he says... Those are too many. Why? Because if you get those guys, people will think maybe he had connections in state house... He, Maybe she had a cousin in URA. Maybe she had a certain sister somewhere in the L.C. Maybe the brother was the owner of a certain bank. God wants to get you when there is no bank, no cousin, no relative, no connection, nobody, no nothing. but When it comes out and men look at you, katonda. Predictions are when we can connect certain things around to explain your success. And prediction is when we can't explain you, but you're going up. And that's funny, tell your neighbor, that's who I am. Tell him I'm unpredictable in my business. I'm unpredictable in everything I do. I'm unpredictable in ministry. I go upward and upward only. Then God told Gideon, let's cut them a bit. He said, oh, to which number? He told them, first tell them, all of them that are scared, let them go. You understand? The Bible says 10,000 walked away. 10,000. They were by order, but by not, by not by the spirit. Because people who fear not the nature. You see, when the Bible says, we are not of them who draw back. Do you know the I meaning? <laughs> We are not of them. He didn't say we don't draw back. He said we are not of them. We are not of them. There is a kind of them that give up when they are told they have cancer. My God. But our kind. When you tell me I have cancer. I tell you I cannot have cancer. I cannot have. Just, we're not, we are we, not of them. There is a them that can give up. Because it is them. For us. The Bible says we hold on and believe. To the serving of the soul. Even when you pass out and you wake up and say, what happened? They say you pass out say, I cannot pass out. I cannot pass out. I cannot pass out. When you're falling and screaming, I cannot pass out. Why? Because we are not of that nature. A story is told of a frog that met a scorpion. And they wanted to cross over water. And the scorpion told the frog, you either help me cross or I sting you. (laughs) The frog said, okay, sit on my back. Frog swam. They reached the end. The scorpion stung the frog. The frog asked the scorpion, why have you stung me? The frog told the scorpion, I mean, the scorpion told the frog simply, I sting has no moral line, no sentimental attachment. <laughs> That's how you have to be with disease. Disease has to get to a point where it knows whether it's in your body, or why you're bleeding, or by you have or by you're in a stretcher. You don't drop. Back, you stink. It's nature. it's nature. But the Christian draws a line of being predictable and we accept it. I refuse to be strict. I refuse. I hope. Even when, when a man starts to predict, I, I become a bit angry. He said, What I has not seen, what ear has not heard, what has not entered the hearts of man? It's, you see, if, if a man can imagine you rich, he's not talking about that. He's talking about something, when a man tries to imagine it, he can't. I'm talking of something the human anatomy cannot put into thought. Because the church is supposed to be unpredictable. Unpredictable. But everything about us, and that has set us in this institution, is a place where we're predicted. It's a place where we're predicted. Hallelujah. Amen. Because I realized it's a nature issue. It's a nature issue. That's why when he tells Gideon, <laughs> God tells the guy, cut the size, it's smaller. So God asks, Gideon asks God, how can I know who has to be a man? How? How? God told Gideon there are two kinds of people. When you tell them, go and draw water, there are two kinds of people. There are men who are going to draw water like dogs, leaking with air. And then there are those guys who are just going to kneel down and then put down their palms and then drink. You see, there is a 300. You see, when you're looking for men to work with, eh, there are certain people who, who draw a certain way, they just draw a certain way. Because the things of God and the things of the Spirit have a certain depth that prevenient grace has distributed to certain men to respond a certain way. Because certain things are not just found in the Spirit. That is why he speaks of a place where he says, For I will show you great and unsearchable things. When we're talking of places where unsearchable, there are places where men can't search in the Spirit. Now, if any man has the place of diligence enough to search out, the mysteries of men who search out are different from mysteries of men who go past the things that can be searched out. But are still revealed and can reveal the person of Christ. Are you hearing me? Because the searching out have efforts. The past searches have prevenient grace. Distinctions by God entirely to launch you in places that no man could have allowed launched you. Or if you had intended to search out, you could not have had. I'm talking of an excellence upon your life. That when men want to explain it, they just have to say, God. Second, eh? ah. they, they can't say he, he's a smart guy. They can only say no. He's God. He's a God. He's, there must be a God in this world. You, 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 don't teach like a man. Teach like God is on you. Don't preach like a man. Preach like God is on you. Don't do business like a man. Do business like God is on you. Don't prophesy like a man. You say, prophesy like God is on you. That the end of things, if men ought to search out, even the imitations can't help. Even the imitations can't help. Why? Because you've gone past the depths of things that are searched out. In a dispensation of men who don't even know how to search out. We can rejoice on words. Because we stumble them like. And, and, and the psalmist calls it like one who found spoil. But there are things in the spirit that are not spoil. They're not spoil. That's why in Revelation 2.17. He hid the manna. It was visible in the Old Testament dispensation. He says it fell and everybody ate. But he says in Genesis two seventeen, he says, "And I shall give thee of the hidden manner." There are things that are just hid. God intentionally hid them. And he says, "And these things were hid before the foundations of, your, of the world, before your glory." They were hid before the foundations of the world for your glory. That means that anything that is so hid past the matter of setting out can only yield to a place of submission enough. To the getting of things. And those things consequently must produce a certain glory on your life. That is the essence of the glory of the glorious church. The church of Christ must carry a certain glory of things passed from He says, this kingdom in a man is likened unto one. Who knows how to dig out both the old and new? That means if they go to the oldest lines, you have acquaintances by the spirit. But if they should seek out the newest things, you also ought to know them. Why? Because the spirit world has functioned with you eternally by reason of advanced knowledge. You function advancedly in God. You're past, uh, that's done preaching. What should I preach about? Oxen. I'll preach about Oxen. Listen, there is a life in God that is past preaching about Oxen. Or searching out the scriptures. There's a place that is past searching. But when its distribution comes on you, When it starts to come upon you, listen, that is why some of you, you can't even explain what you have, but you have it. And you want to say, oh God, no, listen, do you know why you don't have, because you you went at something that is unsearchable. And it's about time that men start to come and start to ask you how. And you also can't explain, not because you don't know the 17 steps of making it rich. You understand? But you're richer than the man who wrote the 17 steps of being rich. You understand what I'm saying? Not because you don't know the 35 ways of church planting, but you have a bigger church than the man who wrote the 35 ways of church planting. God ought to make you greater than any mind could ever invent. Why? You're unpredictable. You're unpredictable. But then now, the meditations of a Christian must change. They must change. Because like Moses had government, the scriptures say even Christ had government. He says, and to us, is born a what? He's born a son. This is Jesus. And the scriptures tell you that he has a government also. He says of the increase of his government and peace. He says, they shall be. Hey, 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 hey. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? Oh, that means if you made 20 million yesterday, I am sure you're going to make 40 tomorrow. As in, it's not a debate. It's not, it's not believing God. It's past the ministry of faith. This is the government of Jehovah God. I'm saying if you have a 20 member church, I'm sure you're going to have 40. And your peace. That means you ought to be more rested. If you're here and the doctor said you have diabetes, uh, high blood pressure, eh? high blood pressure. Your pressure is normalizing every day. Peace. 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 One time a doctor told me I had hypertensive. I went to the dictionary definition of hypertensive. I said, what does it mean to have hypertension? What is tension in my blood? What can't rest? What is hyper that creates tension? In my system and then i said we which have believed have entered this rest we which have believed and if you die of high blood pressure you're not a believer oh he said I had one no no the scripture says so we which have believed that there's a certain rest that must put your system in order your bones in order your blood in order you understand if you have a virus it will also rest etc. why why Because we would have believed. No, me no, Christians are saying, how can he say that if I get, I, I, I don't go. You have an option. We can predict you by pressure machines. We can predict you by the word of God. The word of God said in Zion, None shall say. Ah. Oh. It wasn't a command. It was a promise. Don't, don't get it wrong. It wasn't a command. It was a what? It was a promise. One time they brought me a very fat boy like this at church. I asked him why he put it. He said, I'm fat. I'm fat. Nice sweetie. Then he had heart disease also. I looked at him. And I looked at his heart. And I told it. (laughs) You remember that kid? It's a fat guy. You remember him? What was his name? But you remember the guy. I laid hands on him. I told him tomorrow go to the same doctor. Man, the guy came looking for me at the bank like this. He said, my pastor, they checked me, man. Blood pressure no more. My heart is no more. I can believe God, man. I'm, I'm no more. I told him, what did you expect? How are you going to die? Comfortably. In fashion, in style, you understand? Simple stuff. Don't wake me up. I, I hid my money there, you remove it. You know, then, uh, then you take a selfie. Tell your neighbor that's my story. <laughs> you see, let me explain this. The book of Hebrews speaks of three kinds of guys of faith. The Bible speaks of them who observed the promises afar and were convinced that it was not for them. Then they just accepted that the promises. You, you know there are some people who are comfortable saying, Mukama yamponya, na you, there's a kind. Then it says, and this, there's another this group of souls that says, and there's also a group of people who died in faith. They died believing. They died believing. You understand? That group also is there. But it says, but all of these, those ones who saw and those ones who died in faith, the Bible says, all of these, having obtained promises, did not receive the promise. God having something better, that their testimony might not be fulfilled without us. That means... When Joshua stopped the sign, he says, I mean, if you don't understand Uganda, I'm sorry. You see, the, he says, that, listen. Uh-uh. Give, me, give me the message version of that. Uh-huh. Message version. Yeah, Jesus. One, two, three, go. Not... One of these people, even though their lives of faith were exemplary, got the hands of what was promised. Next verse. God uh had a better plan for us. That their faith and our faith are not complete without us. Joshua is still bored, he's waiting for me. I don't know that you understand what I'm saying. The man who stopped the sun said, ah, I stopped it. But there's something about that guy. He's talking about you. There's something about you. Oh! The Bible says that their lives of faith cannot be completed. They can't. Why? Because there's something they're waiting for. It's on some woman in La Bonita here. That, oh, I don't know if I understand what I'm trying to tell you. If Joshua stopped the sun, are you hearing me? One of these days I'm going to get to planet Earth eh, and swing it like a pole and kick it to... with God. Now there's a religious guy. I had a problem back in the years of men who had a problem with me speaking unrealistic things, because I realized that they were too realistic. I refuse to be realistic. Listen, the one scripture that saved me from realisticism was this. It says, and when Christ, which is your real life? That means if I have to be real. If if I have to be real. You know, one time I went somewhere with uh, Mrs. Bukenia, and then there was this guy who said, well, uh, you guys wake up in the morning and you say, Oh, God shall supply all my needs according to Jesus and glory of Christ Jesus. I know you guys say, Oh, Jesus can supply all, all, all and reach all. But he says, But let us be realistic. The economy is bad. <laughs> I got my spiritual switch. <laughs> I was with Mrs. Wuken, I just watched. <laughs> then the guy started speaking, Oh, I used to earn ten thousand dollars. Now I earn three thousand. But when I had earned three thousand, I started to think around to know how I can make this three thousand. Make 100000 or oh $10,000. You see? So I came back to Uganda. I left the United States of America. I'm trying to settle down some businesses. And then a certain pastor said, let him come back to explain to us more how we can survive. I said I can't come back. Let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you something about Apostle Grace Rubega. <laughs> if you are earning $100,000 and you earn fifty, you don't teach me. Uh-huh. You understand? Eh? Sima yes. <laughs> But chances are that you are who you submit to. That means somewhere in the middle, I will also lose (laughs) $50,000 to be like you. Why? Because the kingdom, the guy told me, is of increase (laughs) forevermore. Pastors gathered him to hear me. I never went back again. Because me, that's not my story. Right? When I go Simanya, and then I find Simanya, someone is teaching, Bo how I survived the economic times. You know, I lost five hundred million one day. I asked the Christian, "Did you give first fruit or ties To you no, know, I didn't. Then don't teach me. Don't, please don't teach me. You robbed God, and they covered you. <laughs> now, you're also raising a testimony out of that turmoil yeah, to explain a spiritual phenomena. Because you have a pulpit, not on fanero. Uh-uh. Yeah, 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 yeah. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? Me, when the money increases, that one, I will love him. You understand? Why? Because I want to be there. I want to be there. That's why I don't have time to be jealous anymore. You understand? Eh? Because every guy somehow that I see is doing somewhere better in a certain way. You understand? I realize that in my realm. So when you see a man jealous, ye wan a wan a go man you tell ye, bukuba ngaba gagagorichi, big ngaba rinasente, be be guya abaga, dunne dunne dawa abi, abaga gaba biranda abaga gaba ndawe tu soniwe, genda wena imba vuba mu ya tandi kemo si sezezo wafu yo, tu yame Praise God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Now I understand why Ephesians is in the Ephesians. He says, do not be like the Gentiles. That means it's possible to be like a Gentile. He said, do not be like the Gentiles. Mm. Let's get there. Ephesians. <laughs> Chapter 4, verse 21. Uh-uh. Begin with something a bit before. 17, I think. 21 will be something. Uh-huh. 1, two, three, let's go. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Next verse. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the way of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Next verse. Who being past feeling... Have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to walk all uncleanliness with greediness. Next verse. But ye have not uh-huh, sold Christ. Uh-huh. If so, you have what? You have had him and have been taught of him. Uh-huh. As the truth is in Jesus. Next verse. That you put off the what there is end all. You put off, you unskin yourself. You put off. You unskin yourself, uh-huh. uh huh, concerning the former conversation, uh uh-huh. mm. huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. And be renewed, uh huh. Mm. The new man, which after God? You've put on the new man. The Greek word, therefore, put on, means sinking, means you are a new man. Sink into being a new man, sink into it, and all oh. sinking it, and oh just sink in it, sink in being a new man, sinking it. Okay, some of you are floating on salvation. <laughs> you gonna run to tell you, get sucked in the Bible says if you give yourself holy to these things, your profiting may be evident among all. He says, Now you have put on, you have put on, you just put on the new man. He says, put on the new man, which has been what. Renewed, uh which in the Uh is okay. One, two, three says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on or you seek into the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So do you realize that holiness at that angle is no longer a seed; be holy. Righteousness at that angle is a fruit. Romans six twenty two. Hallelujah. He says, but now being made free, oh God, uh, uh, 12, I think. Is it 12 or 22? Let me see. Yes, thank you. He says, but now being made free from sin, he says, you become what? Servants to God. And you have what? The fruit. Holiness stopped to be a what? A seed. It became a what? A fruit. You understand? And I told people, Christian, anything that has the basis of a seed that appeals you to do, And it is not the word which is Christ, is legalism. I don't really understand what I mean. Anything that has to do with you doing is Christ. For it is God that works in us both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. Anything that should be manifested out of your life should be fruit. But how many men open their mouths and say, be holy? Yet, he's saying, you sink in the man who is already holy. Yeah. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? Then that, that's why the whole line came. All saints. All of them are saints. Not only St. Nicholas. Not St. Joseph. All of them are saints. And then you find those saints. And they don't believe. In the grace. That sanctifies them. And saves them free of sin. Without works. But by simply faith which is in Christ. So then the question. What really happened? The message was compromised. All of these corruptions you see in Uganda, it is a compromised message. They could not preach something that could make a man walk out of corruption. That's why the church is entirely responsible. Not these guys you see outside. Why? We compromised the message that had to save men. We removed the grace of God and created legalistic tendencies. And because no flesh can be justified by the law, All men which were under the law were judged and have sinned and have been convicted and sentenced as them under the law. And God is still trying to tell them, you can't without me. And they're still saying, no, we shall try to do it without you. The other day, I found a man born again 30 years. And he came and said, Apostle Grace, why are you preaching a bad doctrine to young people? He asked him which doctrine. I tried to say, ah, extreme grace. How extreme can grace be? What did you want me to to preach? Extreme law? (laughs) He told me, grow ye in grace. Can't I grow? You understand? Grow ye in grace. What level do I have to grow into grace? And to what limit has God told me? Why? Because he wants a balance that still provides for his agenda called legalism. Let me tell you. Me, I don't preach the grace, I, will, I mean the law, I will not preach the law. It's not my mouth, it's not my mind, it's not my substance. Because I've realized the law cannot justify any man. But I can tell you people here who have walked out of my things, not things, my things. <laughs> and they look back and realize, we didn't tell them don't steal. Uh-uh, 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 somebody just woke up and they realize they can't do some things anymore. Why? Because this is a fruit working in them. Are you hearing me? When people hear that message they want to come back. Ah, carrot. <laughs> Hallelujah. And let me tell you if some men think we've preached, we've not yet preached. When we start, we shall tell you that we have started. Here we are still in version. When we start, the world will know we started. My God. You understand what I'm telling you? You see, the Bible speaks of men elect according to grace. You know what that means? God, some of us, God, let me tell you, some of us, we didn't go to prayer mountain. Uh -uh. God came to us. There's no way I can teach a man go to prayer mountain and seek God. Because me, he didn't find me on prayer mountain, no. He found me relaxing and he said, I want to use you. The same experience he did to Abraham. He found him worshiping the sun. I thought he's going to. Why are you worshiping the sun? No, no, he's <prends out> like, there was nothing. Oh, yes, he says, and now there is a remnant according to grace. Yes, according to grace. Entirely. Some of us. Rumors, 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 rumors. Everything we have is by grace. We don't know how to work, we know Him working in us. We don't know. That's why men come and say, how do you do? That guy, that's the guy. Understand him. Understand him. Why? Because you see some men, it used to take them 20 years to even build churches. 30 years, you find a man 60 and he has a 30 year old church. And then you see, oh, that's why the Bible says the stone is heavy. You see, of course, the law was written on tablets of stone. So he's saying the law is heavy. The moment you put yourself under the law, you will struggle. Until you can't struggle no more. Because you're under the law. But when the grace of Christ comes on you. That is now where these other groups in our nation. It, I was reading an autobiography by Chiven, Chiven eh? And they asked him. What is the biggest frustration to the revivals?" I have the article. He said when men forget. That salvation and any line of ministry is entirely a work of grace. I was shocked. I was too shocked. This is one of the oldest generals in our nation. And he says that it was the first point he mentioned in the bullets he made. He said when men forget that the work of salvation and the lines of ministry are entirely total grace and not works. These are the first recipients of the gospel. And then a man has been born again for 40 years. He's still preaching the law. So I realized one thing. Men erred in the message. Look at just the church of Jerusalem. The church of Jerusalem just shifted a little and put the legalistic line. Why? Because the Bible speaks of Acts 15, 16, 17 there. The scripture speaks of the Pharisees which believed. That means they were born again. But when they sat in the church at Jerusalem, the Bible tells you that they proclaimed and protested for the circumcision line to come in line with salvation. They, the Bible says, had believed. But they still beheld certain doctrines of tradition within them. When those men infiltrated the ranks of the church at Jerusalem, years later, I can assure you the Jerusalem church is entirely dead. And the only church breathing is the Gentile church. And then you find Gentiles bringing Judaism in the church. The same thing that killed Jerusalem, they are bringing it in the church. Let me tell you, the law was not to the Gentiles. God did not give the 10 commandments to the Gentiles. He gave it to the Israelites. And that is why Paul says in Romans that the the Gentiles have done the things of the law without the law. Haven't they become a law unto themselves? He preached Christ enough that men stopped stealing before they were told not to steal. take it. This Jesus sitting in a man's system can work in a man to present what must be presented before even the man thinks to present. That is why you realize that the the, the common lines that Edward George Archer has used was surrender everything to Jesus. Don't have anything. You know, that's why men are not even ticing, all these things. Because you have other sources except God. But when he becomes your only source. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? That's why, Abamu, you're trying human effort. You understand? You're impregnating Hagar's later on when Sarah produces. Some of you are not having spiritual warfare. No. Hagar and her boy are fighting what you're producing by the spirit. You started it Canary. God promised, and you didn't see a way through. And then you made it a human way to see it through. Someone one time told me and told me, I'm going to meet someone. I want to bribe them to get me a job. I told them, when you get it, please don't testify on our pulpit. Stay with your job. Don't even bring your first fruits and tithes. The cigarette is there. Why? Because there's a way it can come without stealing or bribing. Are you hearing me? But now some people, eh? they are nursing Ishmael and Isaac wars. The devil is not even in the mix. The entirely nothing Ishmael and Isaac was. Period. What you try to do as a human being to fulfill what God promised is now fighting what God wants to do. Because he promised. The place where we don't waver is when we believe that he who promised is also able if he's the one who said, I'm going to bring you that man, don't get the man your own way, because you'll marry the man, and then the one of God comes. <laughs> Pastor, I'm torn between two. I'm married, but there's this guy. So what should we do for you? You married? You understand what I have to tell you? that is why I rest upon his promise when he said I promise my God I just sit back and wait for him to fulfill because he knows why he had to find the man at 100 and the wife at 90 and telling them these are the ones I can give children God does those things he's the master of them when you least expect that you can do God is now ready are you hearing me God at that point is ready Because there is something that he works with when he gets a man and says, I have chosen you. That is why everything around you will not change because you pray a lot. But it will change because he promised. You're going to plan to change. That's why I told people, if you are Isaac, he said, in in Isaac shall your seed be called. He refused to call his seed in Abraham. He chose to call the seed in in Isaac. Because you see, when Sarah, when God tells Sarah, you're gonna have a child, the Bible says Sarah laughed. Ha ha ha. How can I, who is old, I have a child? You understand? And then God is like, okay, you're laughing, but he said you shall call him Isaac, for he laughs. So what you actually think is laughter of unbelief is actually an impregnation of the word I've spoken upon you. Katikolo Zoli one belief, n'gata faith. The same faith that finds Abraham, and then he doubts and says, God, can I have a child? Me who is old of old age. And then Paul says, No, Abraham staggered not. He didn't stagger the promise. You understand? Do you understand? He's <laughs> too desperate to make you win. So, in the kind begotten, when I thought I was doubting, But because the immutability of his counsel had to execute. For even when we don't believe, he still remains faithful. For he cannot deny himself. There is that which was begotten out of my system. Because even when I had the opportunity to say, I don't believe it. It was too impossible for it not to happen. Because it wasn't based on my unbelief. It was based on his faithfulness as the Promiser, And he says, and out of that kind of ministry... Your seed, Luke 8, 11, the seed is the word. Your word shall be called. (sighs) Let me tell you, even if I bring a lame man now and I say, I don't believe he can walk. He'll just walk quicker. (laughs) When the psalmist sees that kind of adorn, he says, where can I run from you? (laughs) If I go down, you come. If I go up, you come. You still manifest. Why? Because you are his promise. Now, our mandate, we're no longer preaching for La Bonita. We're preaching because we must change the mind of the church. If we've seen all kinds of diseases healed here, we've seen all kinds of miracles before our very own eyes, do you know what we're communicating to the world? And we're telling them it's not only us, it's everybody who dares to believe. Do you know those special men of God in hot suits are going to stop preaching? Why? Because when it comes to a meeting to attend, the usher will first usher him by making the lame man walk Besides. So that when you enter the meeting, you realize, uh-uh, <laughs> making lame men walk is an Ashers issue. The man of God has a better role to do. Yeah. But you see, listen, Christians, stop mixing your seed. You cannot continue mixing your seed. Oh, me, because I must belong to this church, I must Listen. What are you listening to? I'm not saying leave your church. I'm only saying choose. If you want to gold ego, please you gold ego, Marida Yodala. You understand? But if you mix your seed, you become rebellious. You find a man saying, You're more than a conqueror. And then he goes in the church and he says, musive. And then he says, Oh. He raises his holy hands for deliverance. He goes in one church and they tell him that you're healed of the Lord. Then he goes in another church and they tell him it's okay to be diseased. And you're you're listening to both. You're wasting. How long are you going to live on this earth to waste time with messages that don't build you? What's wrong with Christians? Oh, I fear my pastor, if he sees me, my cousin, if they hear me. Listen, if you settled for the law, settle for it and cook with it, dine, marry it, cook your beef together and eat it. If you've decided to enter, These unforced readings of grace. Enter and sit, settle. Don't offend in hearing and let no man speak to you any other message. Why? Because our mandate is simple. We are changing the course. That's why when you hear men say, oh, we don't believe in them. You know, when men fight you, they're not really fighting you. You're beating a system. You're beating a system. Someone... I've been in my church. Somebody comes and says, I have a thousand demons. Some prophets saw them on me. I told her, Woman, in him there is no darkness. Do you know what it means? In him there is no darkness. And this was the mystery that was hid. He's in you. So if he's in you and there is no darkness, where did you buy it from? I told the woman, You're free, and her life changed totally. Totally. so some of you what you call spiritual warfare is actually ignorance vain babbling you need that profit you not let me tell you if you have decided to follow one message follow it our testimony is simple the church of Christ carries a certain life and that is the life of God I refuse to be predictable And that is why I speak to every voice listening to me right now By reason of the anointing of God You will never be predicted in anything Be it your workplace Be it your business Be it your family Be it your relationship You're going to have super normal Super normal results Super normal consequences Super normal vision Super normal understanding Super normal prayer life because the grace of God has been revealed upon your life. And you will not fail in this life and the next. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 41